Welcome back to Ladies with Gumption, episode 120. I stand with DCTV Black Women. I am May, and I'm here with... Tatiana. And Jessica. We usually recap DCTV in a flash, but today we're going to be talking about a much different topic. Um, but before it's then... Topic adjacent. <laughs> yeah, adjacent topic, topic adjacent to <laughs> that. <laughs> but before we get into it... Um, you can always find us at ladieswgumption.tumblr.com, ladieswgumption at gmail.com to send us all your thoughts. We are over at Twitter uh, at DCTVGumption. All of our podcast episodes are on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and we are on Stitcher. Um, we also have Patreon, so that's uh, patreon.com slash DCTVGumption. Um, so there is no news. The whole podcast is news. We will be talking about uh, recent events. And how those recent events have shaped DCTV actors um, and behind-the-scenes stuff regarding Black Lives Matter, who is supporting, who is very, very silent, um, just different reactions, what's going on, um, and just how white people can do better, and also non-black people of color. So we will get started um, with Jessica being our lovely host. Yes. And so just kind of the background for why we're doing this podcast is like um, our other one. Um, we had originally were thinking about doing a podcast because um, June is Candace's, Candace Patton's birthday month. And so we were thinking of doing um, an I stand with black women of BCTV for her birthday week. But just with all of the news, um, the current climate of the U.S. right now and with um, a lot of Black actors and actresses, not only within the DCT world, but also outside of it, speaking out more about their experiences and then also um, their white co-stars um, either being very vocal or, or being suspiciously silent. Um, if we had tried to put all of that into our new section, it would just come out to a whole other podcast. We just figured, why not just like do um, this podcast and do it now instead of later um so it's kind of a free flow podcast this episode or yeah this episode and I think kind of to break it up a little bit um first we wanted to talk about the black actors and actresses speaking out um about their experiences there have been you know starting from a couple of weeks ago when um those eight women did the DCTV kind of um, soul sharing, um, sharing their stories and sharing their feelings about Ahmaud Arbery's death at the hands of two white men and one other white man recording it um, from, you know, them showing that video. We've had um, Candace. She's always been, you know, more recently speaking up about issues that she's had being called difficult for wanting black hairstylists and trying to speak out more and use her platform more. Um, Ozzy has also spoken out about some of the bullying that she received when she first started Supergirl. Um, you had McCod recently talk about um, San Diego Comic-Con 2019. He was actually almost didn't go. He was scared to go because he was getting death threats Um and how that was kind of traumatic for him, all because of his on-screen relationship with Kate McGrath. Um, Vanessa Morgan recently tweeted and called out the Riverdale um, show and the writers about how she is the least written for character on the show. Um, and she's also the least paid. 
So, like, I think one um, person on Twitter was like, you, you know, like, she's, you're black and you're playing a gay character. That should be double diversity, double the money. And she's like, <laughs> you would think that, but no, that is not the case. Um, and so she she called out Riverdale and to the point where I think the producers actually sent out an apology tweet to her promising that yeah. they would do better. Um, <laughs> even outside, and even out. yes, we hear you. Um, even outside of DCT Universe, um, the Glee cast, a huge hot mess of a, of a character, uh, cast and dynamics and, and fandom dynamics as well. But Leah Michelle tried to be fake woke about Black Lives Matter and she got called out on it by one of her uh, previous Black co-stars who said that, you know, you weren't that, my Black life didn't matter to you because you said you were going to shit in my wig and do all these other kind of traumatic things. And that opened up more uh, stories from other um, cast members um, from different shows, not just Glee, but other shows she's been on. Um, started the Unmute Me hashtag, started by Amber Ryan Destiny and Amber Riley for Black Creatives Horror Stories from the Industry. So if you want to look through that tag um, as well. But just in general, all of these Black actors and actresses are kind of like sick and tired of being sick and tired, and a lot more stories are coming out. Um, so I wanted to start first to kind of just in general from you guys, what are some of your reactions to some of the stories that you've heard from the Black actors and actresses of DCTV and beyond? And abroad. <laughs> and abroad. <laughs> It, the sad thing is that it's not surprising, right? Like we've, as as fans, just of the Flash and of DCTV in general, we've we've seen this treatment in whatever in myriad ways from the fandom to the lack of support from cast members, or even from like when we've always talked about how Iris has her hair the exact same way every mm-hmm. single time because they don't want to hire um, black um, hairdressers, and yet when Mechanic came in for like one episode that she was going to have a weird, she, she was going to have a special hairstyle. And they had, they literally had a black hairstylist for that day for her and not for Candace. Um, so, um, so yeah, so it's like, it's, it's not surprising at all, but I think that maybe the, the, the most surprising part, for example, um, is just like that it's so much worse than you imagined already. Right. Like you've mm-hmm. already seen enough that you're like, okay, well this is obviously happening, but and it's so fine. funny because, like, you know, the the fans of the white faves that think that people of of um, that stand like the black characters that we're being crazy or just being dramatic or whatever. But clearly, you know, exactly. if anything, we're underplaying it, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't know. It's just it's it, it's really it's disheartening on the one hand that they've had to go through this for as long as they have, but it also feels empowering now that they feel like they are able to speak up, right? Like, when Vanessa spoke up, even though she's not DCP, but still, when she started talking about it, I was like, oh my god, is Tony leading the show? Like, I feel like she can't say all this is Tony on the show. And instead, <laughs> the writers were like, no, we're gonna change! So, this is like, we promise. If right, if you're gonna talk about it, and maybe, I don't know, I think this is probably the best time to talk about it without consequences, right? Mm-hmm. This is the time when everyone is finally like, okay, fine, I will listen, I will listen, you know? So... Yeah, I mean, it. yeah, like you said, it's disheartening, but we already knew this, and it's just even worse, and it's reading the tags and people's stories, and it's just, it's so frustrating that obviously this can keep happening, and obviously it's part of the system, and 
what's been frustrating over time, you know, like we've seen is that people who do speak out are fearful of losing their jobs. Um, and because they don't want to rock the boat, they want to keep the status quo. But like you said, Sati, you know, now it is the best time to just speak out and like share the story. And if that means like shaming the studios and the writers and whomever, you know, wasn't doing their job properly to begin with, or was thought that they were doing it. And, but you know, they were blinded by their racial bias or whatever. Like this is the time to actually step up and commit to changing and people holding you accountable for said change. Because like when it comes to Riverdale um, specifically, We've all seen the show to some degree, and we know that the mm-hmm. Pussycats were, like, done oh wrong. Oh, my God, yes. So dirty. It that's was terrible. Made, I think that's what made me, like, drop the show or stop or lose interest, really, because, you know, I, I feel like my issue is that a lot of these studios, especially, like, The Flash was the first one when they hired Candace, and then, like, it was this radical decision to race Ben Iris West and, and bring mm-hmm. her onto the show and bring Jesse L. Martin onto the show. And then they started, everyone was like, oh, you know, oh, I want a diversity cookie too. And so Riverdale was like, we're going to make Chelsea black and the pussycats are black. And then they had the least, like, you know, Vanessa Morgan speaking out how she has nothing. Um, let's talk to Ashley Murray and the pussycat dolls, Asha. And um, I, I forgot what the other the other girl's name is. Um, but the three of them had the least amount of story. Mm-hmm. They like... Asha didn't talk and like one of the I can't remember if she was the bassist or the drummer but she had, would have no scenes and just like be in the background and that's that was their quote-unquote diversity oh look the pussycats are black but they don't talk at all you know <laughs> Josie was an antagonist for most of the season one because she didn't get along with uh, the title character Archie Archie. On the, the show. Yeah. Character. <laughs> she didn't get over there. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, it yeah. just bothers me when like, people are like, you know, all these studios want to hire for cookies, but then they don't want to protect their creative talent. They're just like, yeah, you, you are our token poster child for diversity, and that's about it. Yeah. And it's awful, too, because we've seen you know, just getting back to Riverdale a little bit, like we've seen that on Riverdale and then they even did like a spinoff. They're like, Katie Keene. I was like, Josie is right there. Right Why there. would you not do a show for her knowing that she has, you know, the Josie and the Pussycats have already a built-in fan base. We, she was already on the show, you know, so that would make so much sense. But instead you gave it to like an, another white girl who, and it, it was ridiculous. So it's frustrating and like, um, I think Candace recently tweeted about how, you know, the fact that all of these companies are putting out statements and trying to be on the right side of history now knows, like, now we know that they knew it was wrong and they still did it because they, you yeah. know, they're feeling guilty or whatever now. Even but if they, if they didn't intentionally do the wrong thing, they intentionally turned their eyes away from it or just like, right. you know, downplayed it right. and made actors and actresses feel like they it was not a safe environment for them to like speak freely about mm-hmm. how they were feeling how they were being treated yeah yeah exactly and especially since like we know they have the resources like from just this was just in early may so like a, a month ago when uh the flash casted the stars in the house and candace talked about like yeah. you know 
finding out about the resources later. So it's just like, if you do have those resources, you why not available immediately. have, yeah, make them available immediately. Tell everyone who works for you that they are available for them, whatever. And then also just like have people reach out as well and have everyone, not just like the black care, black actors and talent and whoever writers take these workshops. Like, I think that they are important for everybody because, you know, like we see, it's not, it's not just that somebody's going to walk on set and start being, overtly racist the way that we we think about it you know right it's it's like small things microaggressions things that are just constant over time that bleed into and things that are built in yeah yeah so you have that kind of you know neglect that's on set within your cast the cast are supposed to be you know your co-workers you want them to be your friends and um but they either they do stuff that you know, these little microaggressions that maybe you don't even catch at first, but then they start building and building. You're like, what is, what is this? And then you, there's no one you can talk to, but also from fandom as well. Like these are the least protected people in the cast from the hate that gets spewed their way towards fandom, um, by fandom. And so for like going back to McCod, for example, when he tweeted about, you know, you think, I think he's like, you think that's bad? Like 2019 San Diego Comic-Con, I almost didn't go because I got like death threats and I needed to make sure that I had extra security and all this kind of stuff. And I was thinking like when I saw the tweet, I'm like, you know, they must have been some pretty credible death threats for him to consider not even wanting to go right. to San Diego Comic-Con. Because like, unfortunately, like death threats and name calling is just like part of like the garbage disposal that is the internet and social media um so if they're that uh credible that he didn't want to go then that is really really serious and then i saw on twitter someone's like remember in 2017 comic-con when somebody poisoned jeremy jordan and he almost died i'm like what is this um and i guess like there is like someone poisoned his chipotle or whatever and he got like food poisoning and he had to, and he almost died from it and i think he you know there's a whole um couple articles that it's like, you know, I almost died from eating Chipotle and um, I don't, they didn't, the articles that I read didn't mention anybody in fandom. So I'm assuming that people know this because whoever did it claimed so. responsibility yeah, claimed that I've, I food poisoned. It was apparently someone from like Supercore fandom because Jeremy had said something about derogatory about Supercore, either Supercore, the ship or the fans or something. Um, during 2017. And so I think when I put that into context about, you know, they gave Jeremy Jordan food poisoning, imagine what they're going to do to Makad. I can see how he would see that. Like they almost killed one of my friends, you know, and they're threatening to kill me. Is my life at stake because of his relationship um, with Lena Luther on the show? And then you put into even more context, even before that, back in season one, all of the not even micro, like macro aggression mm -hmm. on his character about him being aggressive, about him being a, a predator. Like a predator. Yeah. predator. Yeah. They were calling him a predator and they were calling him like all of these kind of things. And then um, that was just with um, when he was paired with Kara and then with Katie, there is the um, Lena's character. There is another thing about him being so much older than her. And again, like the, the term, you know, him being a predator and then, um, you know, he makes Katie uncomfortable. And that's and still a narrative they're pursuing when that's clearly not the case. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So all of that, that he is, 
getting from the fandom. I can see why he would feel for his life that it was unsafe for him to go to an event where he would be within arm's length with mm-hmm. these possible fans over multiple days. And so, like, that's that's what goes through. And I would have never known that unless he, he tweeted right. it out. That's what goes through yeah. their mind. when they. And you think about uh, Candace and all the stuff that's in, like, her mentions whenever she tweets. Even things that are unrelated, people will come up with, I hate your character and all this kind of stuff. So it's just, like, constantly... It's a lot. Like, it's a lot. Like, and I know that, um, you know, Candace is, you know, she's said that I go through all of this to to make sure that the ones after me don't have to go through all of that. Um, but when you do, and we see stuff like it is her fans um, in her in her mentions when people are being disgusting, but like just what she's had to go through by herself. What Azzy had to go through by her, well, she had a better support system on Supergirl. But just like coming into the show and being bombarded with with hate for a character that hadn't really even debuted yet or you know right. done anything yet, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah. And what's ridiculous is I don't think. I mean, as much as we, of course, should hold like the studios and whatnot accountable and crew members and makeup people and and hair and everybody um but like in terms of speaking to fandom like you said just you know people don't really realize that to them to a lot of people it's like oh but i just i just don't like this, that character yeah right yeah so it's like, just like why, why small things yeah right and then you know just seeing like even um this is not dctv but even like john boyega's you know tweets recently yeah. and how people are in his mentions too thinking that what he's doing and standing up for black lives matter is like <laughs> performative or whatever mm-hmm. because they're still bringing it back to his character on star wars and also mm-hmm. saying the same things about him so it's just like by doing these things within fandom over the course of time, it is a pattern and like mm-hmm. it upholds the systemic racism that you've been taught to be aggressive or hate these characters and, and black talent in general for things that white people get away with all the time and they're like revered. So it's, it's super frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of like fandom and, and how, you know, the black talent has to go through this and fandom almost by themselves, really. Um, we get into, you know, what are their co-stars saying? Like, these are people that are friends, you know, we'd hope they have good cast enemies behind the scenes. Like, why don't... And these people, like, when you see... And it's it's the same on no matter what show it is, when you have a black character in a mainly white show and you look at the social media dynamics and you look at the social media dynamics of the black actor actress and versus the platforms of their white co-stars same they started out same level you know no name not really well established in the industry but you know after the season drops the white stars of Riverdale for example have like six seven however many millions of followers compared to the black stars that maybe Mm -hmm. have a couple hundred thousand and it's you know stranger things is the same um Mm-hmm. you know any dc tv show glee like all of all of the black talent usually has a smaller platform than their white counterparts so if your white counterparts have a bigger platform um you know a lot of times their support really helps establish the dynamics of how they want their fandom to act and people will listen to that 
Um, so like getting into reactions from some of the white actors and actresses in the Arrowverse and how, um, how have they responded and, you know, how silence equals complicity applies to actors' responsibilities to fandom to protect their black co-stars. Um, the way that I wanted to break this down, um, just to give it some kind of format, we did like a, a sliding tier. so like a pyramid of... <laughs> Pyramid of white allies. So um, <laughs> some of like, I guess some of you will probably be upset or disappointed that your white fave is lower on the totem pole than you would probably put them or whatever. But just to kind of like go over the tiers, just it's like a sliding tier so they can go up or down. But, you know, as far as going from the very bottom to the very top, I'm going to just tell you that that's, that's not going to happen. <laughs> you can argue all you want in the middle too, but the, the bottom and the top is probably not going to happen. But um <laughs> <laughs> just to explain the tiers first, like the top tier, I feel like um, are the A1 day ones, like they stand up without you having, like without someone having to press them to stand up. They are, I think the keys to someone that's in the top tier is consistency and being vocal. They, um, it's a pattern of behavior that doesn't expand just between, you know, this current situation um, from Ahmad Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, not they're not just people that have only spoken up since that. They have been speaking up, always speak up. So that's like a, a top tier kind of person. Like I don't have to go and search for what did so and so say about the situation because I've already seen it. It's popped up on, on my timeline like multiple times. That's what top tier kind of person. Um, good tier are allies. You know, the think that they're good meaning people like well-intentioned kind of person maybe they weren't such a great they weren't top tier allies because they weren't very vocal or maybe they weren't vocal in the past um they but they recognize maybe with this current situation that maybe that they weren't as actively anti-racist as they should be um people that have apologized for the past mistake people that have since this um current situation have been pretty vocal and pretty active and pretty genuinely stepping up their consistency and trying to do better. So that good tier. Um, the side eye tier is the people that they are probably good people, you know, generally well-meaning people. They don't hate people, but they also don't do anything else. Really. Um, the people that are, have taken a, a few days to kind of collect their thoughts because they really don't know what to say <laughs> or the people that, <laughs> haven't really they made like one little black squared post on Instagram for Blackout Tuesday and haven't done much else. Um, haven't really their support over the years has kind of like gone up and down. Side eye tier. And then at the bottom is the shit tier. The shit tier are the people that aren't shit, haven't been shit, never were gonna be shit. Then <laughs> uh, <laughs> and this is like in the same way that the top tier people outside of this current situation have consistently been doing um, what they are doing now and consistently been there for their black co-stars and other care, uh, co-stars, um, non-white co-stars. You also have people in the shit tier that have a pattern of behavior and they've consistently showed that pattern since years ago. So this is not just, oh, you didn't say anything about Black Lives Matter right now. You're a shitty person. This is like... Uh, progressively building up mm -hmm. over seasons of stuff of them not doing stuff or not being uh, allies or pretending to be allies. So those are the kind of tiers. 
um, starting at the top tier, um, I just kind of put some names out and we can kind of debate or talk through or you can add or subtract or whatever. But for me, um, if I'm thinking of like a top tier kind of ally, I'm thinking Nicole Maines, um, Bitsy Tillich. I think, is her name Julie or Julia Gonzalez that played? Ju- I think it's Julie. 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 Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Katie McGrath, even though she doesn't have uh, social media, I think her actions are yeah. very, like, like, she consistently shows up. I put Christopher Wood. I don't really know him because I don't um, know him from any other fandom, so I don't really know how far back I don't he goes. know him myself, but I do know secondhand that he was very supportive of Cat Graham okay. during the Vampire Diaries fandom. Days. Okay, and then I feel like he's been very like consistent, very like consistently vocal. I haven't mm-hmm. really had to go out and search about what he's saying about Black Lives Matter movement because it's coming up all over the timeline. But just kind of like, what are your um, thoughts about these people who should be ad people or? Um, I'm well. First off. Here? I think yeah. it's, you know, almost all of them are from Supergirl. So, yeah. <laughs> which helps explain uh, why uh, Azzy had, like, the most <laughs> support of, the support you know. Group. Yeah, the best support group um, from any of the ag- Black actresses who have had to deal with this nonsense. Um, I totally agree with the ones that you put in there, especially Nicole um, Bitsy. Nicole Bitsy because they're the ones I've seen the most of. I don't really follow Julie, but like from what I know of her, that is true. Um, and same with Chris, Kate McGrath. Like you said, it's her actions and like how she, what what she actually actively does in the world and puts out because she obviously doesn't have social media. Um, so yeah, I'm, unfortunately, none of them are in the Flash cast. Um, but like I'm trying to search like DCTV. Who else? Who else is like this? Um, and I don't, I can't think of anyone from Arrow that's really like that. I mean, I guess it's not, no, 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 not really. So yeah, they're really I mean, all up in I, I don't know if I would say top tier, but, um, Tala has been pretty vocal in general. Yeah. Well, this is like my, my right tier is mostly for like white, white. Yeah. People. Okay. There you go. Like, white allies. <laughs> but yeah, Tala, Tala, if you're including like non-black. Um, actors and well, actors. Um, yeah. I don't know if Brandon's top tier, but he's at least good tier. Uh, Brandon Ralph, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Brandon's good. Brandon's good. I agree with that. Um, and he has like, been consistent. He does consistently yeah. speak for causes. So Yes. Yeah. Um, I would say it's like for, for me, like just Nicole, um, she is like vocal. She is consistent. She is like ride or die kind of yeah. person. Like I don't feel like I need to question why she isn't saying anything because she's already said it like 10 different times, two different ways. Like if someone, if Azzy called her up, like girl, I need you to come with me to blah, blah, blah. Like she is like, let me tie up my hair, hit first, <laughs> ask questions later kind of thing. Like, I don't really feel like I have to like, I would have to be worried about like why she isn't saying anything. And the same thing, I think Bitsy, even before everything exploded over the whole George Floyd murder, like even like she's like running with mod. She was, um, posting mm-hmm. things and she was like very active which honestly surprised me considering some of her friends um that we'll get to <laughs> later but she herself has been very consistent i think with how she interacted with um candace of course during like the crossover with how she um responds to um the the different situations in real life when you have these kind of tragedies she speaks up and she speaks out and she speaks out kind of often i don't have to like 
go search to see what Bitsy said or didn't say. And I think the same with Julie. She's a really genuine person. Yeah, she seems like a very genuine person. And she's if she's nice, it's because that she's just a nice person. Um, Julia, I've also I think Julia also even before she was also like running with Maude and, and and promoting up, you know, the fact that these people need to be arrested for Ahmaud Arbery's murder. And I just feel like she's also been someone that, you know, I didn't have to like run out and see what is, what is she saying or not saying about it? Cause she's already, she's already popped up on my timeline. And then I think Katie McGrath going back to McCod and what he was saying about, you know, all the hate that he was getting. I think that, you know, even though she doesn't have social media, I said it before that I think that a lot of what he posted on his social media with her was, her actively trying to dispel rumors that he makes her uncomfortable or anything like that mm-hmm. to show that they have a good relationship on social media because she doesn't have one, so she can't post it herself, but right. she created content with him to post for that purpose. She was at the um, Black Soul heart-to-heart between Makad, um, Ozzy, and Candace when Ozzy was first got on there. Um, Katie was at that brunch, too, she part of Nikhazy with Nicole and I think I think Andrea Brooks is in there um as well and and Katie rallying around Azzy and I think them making Nikhazy that little hashtag up for them so popular was part of the reason you know mm-hmm. fans can't be mean to Azzy and then you know because she is someone that matters to Katie Um, so, you know, even if they have issues with her character, then they'll be fake nice. And then (laughs) that (laughs) they'll be fake nice because they want Katie content. And so that also lessens the stuff that Azzy had to go through. So like a lot, like all of those kind of like actions, these are people that I don't really feel like I have to worry about that they have, you know, skeletons in their closet from years ago that they forgot to delete off Twitter. Yeah. 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 just, I mean, you guys have said everything, but just to add on a little bit, it's just, I'm just always so amazed because, like, Nicole specifically, um, from day one, you know, but she stands up for trans people, black people, black trans people. She's constantly showing up all the time. Um, and it's just really great to watch. I don't really follow Julie as much, so I, I will take your word for on, it. I feel like you follow her on Ladies with Gumption, though. That, yeah, that's I have seen her stuff on, on there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, Bitsy, I was, I was surprised too, but like she's and what's great about her too, is just, you know, I guess from the very beginning, we've seen her sort of support her husband even and his on-screen relationship. And you're like, Oh, okay. That's so nice. But then she does all these other things too. So it was really nice and, um, nice to see even not even if, but it was surprising considering who she yes. has hung out with but <laughs> i'm yeah i'm very like happy that you know she's coming into dctv more formally uh, with her own show she right. gets to be there for you know other black actors so that's great mm-hmm. yeah and then sliding down a little bit into the good tier um <laughs> i put new in the uh, yes these are the people that maybe didn't do so much in the past, well, well, meaning people probably, I mean, they are, but they're, I think they're good people, but you know, they have not really shown themselves to be great allies, but in light of this current situation, they've both really stepped up. Um, I put Melissa Benoist and Grant Gustin in mm-hmm. this tier. Um, 
what are your thoughts? And I'll elaborate on my thoughts a little bit later. <laughs> I mean, I, I agree with putting them in that tier. It's funny because it's like good. It's more like brand new, but trying yeah. hard. Trying. I don't know, you yeah. know, like because like, Grant especially. What do you like? Give them like a star, like a sticker for yeah trying. <laughs> a participation award. Um, yeah. <laughs> Because they I mean, they're not top tier because they have yeah. not been there exactly. since the beginning, but they are not side-eye worthy or in the shit tier because right. I do think they, that they're genuinely... Yeah. They, I feel like it, it, it does feel like a genuine, like, come to Jesus, like they've really opened their eyes to the situations. And of course, um, you know, Melissa did a, sort of, like, apologize to or say, like, you know, she talked with Nakad and, like, part of that was part of the reason why she felt like she had to say something. Um... Yeah. And Grant said he apologized to Candace, and they've had discussions about, you know, him not being a, a little coward. So I'm, I'm out of all And, and he's I, calling himself that. We're not yeah, even saying yeah, this anything. Is, he's yeah. We didn't say that. <laughs> so so I, think, I think it's good to see, like, that you can make a change, and that then that change can have a positive effect, right? Because they both have huge platforms. Um. So Grant and they're both hugely popular within like yeah. I mean people mm-hmm. consider them to be good people like good eggs um and you know they are but they have these huge platforms that they have not been u- using so now we're finally hopefully going to see those platforms put to good use um, I think it's fine with Grant in terms of like how he he has a come to Jesus I mean, people, like every we, year people have had people <laughs> People have side eyed him. He went from side eyed to good tier because no, you know, like for he, years... he went like yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get because there. go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> because like you know, and he himself has mentioned like he thought that he didn't need to like it wasn't his place to say anything or he didn't you know people a lot of people are just like but they're just trolls or just haters or whatever and he didn't really need feel the need to get involved and I'm sure that he thought that he was providing ample support behind the scenes to whatever was going on in his head and you know over time like Candace has grown too like before Mm -hmm. she she was just in uh, coming into a show where she Mm -hmm. was a series regular for the first time so I don't think she even realized like all the stuff that she was gonna get so but over time like that support for her has also changed in the way of like what it's gonna look like and a lot of the cast has not really evolved with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that we have like Grant stepping up, he's not even, you know, because he said he's, he's going to, he promised her that he would do better. And I feel like he's just, I don't know. He's just become something else. Like he was explaining white privilege to someone. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Who is this person? What the hell? <laughs> he's been reading. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's great. Like, you know, obviously people aren't going to forget that he wasn't there from the beginning in support of Candace from the from the get-go. But we do, not to be like a grant apologist, I guess this is what it's going to sound like, but we at least know behind the scenes, like, he wasn't, he wasn't actively trying to, you know, promote another ship over right. the one that he has, I mean, you know what I mean? So, he's definitely uh, steps above uh, some other people that we will yeah. eventually be mentioning. Right. In, you in know that... what? I, <laughs> I'm not going to be a grant apologist at all. Because I know people will probably be like, good tier. Like, you know, and people are still like side-eyeing him now. But this is not <laughs> like a, really a this is tier. not a, a total <laughs> journey. Like, Grant has not always been good tier. He has slid up and down this pyramid 
for mm-hmm. the last six years. Like he started mm-hmm. out, I would say he started out in good tier, like when the show started airing and he was like promoting Candace and 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 everything and like and slapping down. Where it's like say yes. Snowberry one more time, I dare yes. you. Yes, yes. All of that kind of stuff. And then not, I don't even think season one was over yet before he slid down in the side-eye tier. And this is where you get, like, theater community grant. And I love my whole <laughs> cast grant. And then he's, like, and then he, like, but he, I would say, like, even within the side-eye tier, like, this is when he stopped talking about Candace as much. But on the other hand, Candace, and I think this goes back to maybe what you were saying, May, about, like, her, her evolving over the seasons. But in the beginning, even though he wasn't doing as much from the fandom perspective of what he should be doing as far as supporting Candace and, and Ship and West Allen on the show, she, was she would speak highly of him. Um, unprompted, at cons or wherever, she would always bring him up. He was always one of her favorite people in the cast, behind the scenes. Um, she spoke very highly of him, so it's clear that he, she he was supporting her. Even mm-hmm. though we couldn't see it, he was supporting her, and she was appreciative of that. And then, like, as the series goes on, he kind of, like, bottoms out in the shit tier, where not only is the promotion of her on his social media platform mm-hmm. not non-existent to, from the fandom perspective, but also Candace stops mentioning him when at cons, mm-hmm. unprovoked, right. she doesn't mention him at all. She, like, then, her, like, her favorite people in the cast dwindle down to Jessica Martin and Keenan and Keenan's not even on the show anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and then even even um, Tom Cavanaugh replaced Grant as white guy on the set that makes her laugh. So like it it was very clear like he slid all the way down into the shit tier and he stayed there for a while and he kind of like comes back every every year or so he has his like come to Jesus like oh my god are people thinking that I hate Candace kind of moment and he slides back up in the side eye tier because he promises that he'll be better and he'll and he'll do you know blah 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 I'll have a photo shoot with her da 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 and then nothing happens and it's just like you are saying these things but no one's seeing these things mm-hmm. and so I think like especially with starting with the Mont Aubrey video by Candace, you know, speaking out. And then I think her also growing to a place where, you know, just your background support is not enough for right. me and her speaking that out and her, and her kind of like putting her foot down. I don't know if it's the combination of her putting her foot down or the combination of multiple killings of black people in America that kind of worked and helped him to just rediscover what his white privilege actually means but it does feel like, and he's he's already he's already said that he's had a couple conversations with her and apologized to her and probably really had a very in depth talk with her because I think at this point Candace is gonna, you know, she's not gonna pussyfoot around. Right. Oh well, he he made me a We Are the Flash yeah. caps. He's I was gonna say, as I say, yeah. don't forget the We Are the Flash caps. Yeah. <laughs> she she said that there would be no second chances, and yeah. he was like, yeah. okay, woo, yeah. let that so fire. <laughs> She was probably very more transparent mm-hmm. than she would have been in the past about what you have not done and why fans, my fans think of you this way kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does yeah. seem like, like, say like, it does seem like from then on he, and also like hearing her talk during the stars in the house thing and having her have that space to kind of talk about the kind of um, hate that she was getting and, and the lack of support from everybody. Um, that that kind of um, influenced him. And I think that it's, I know a lot of people are still a little bit, would put, probably slide him down into the side eye tier because who knows when this show 
like when Black Lives Matter is no longer trending or when the shows go back to and when everybody goes back to work, is something going to change? Um, and people are still in kind of like the wait and see mode. But it does seem like he is genuinely and consistently trying to be a better, more active person than he was before. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. And like like you said, you know, he's been sliding. So I just I just think back to um was it last summer where he posted the video of him saying, you know, that Candace is Iris and, you know, basically they are in West Island is the end game. Right. And then he didn't do anything <laughs> right. else. So I feel like I don't know, in my mind, and this is clearly just speculation because I don't know these people in real life, but like it feels like the first apology came then. <laughs> <laughs> and then I don't know how many times after that, you know, recently that that's had to happen. But, you know, because he's he has promised a lot of things, even even yeah. things like I'll be on social media more, which was obviously a lie. Um, so, yeah, I, I totally understand why people are just like, mm, we don't really yeah. trust you. Right. But I think does, like, something has changed for sure. And I think like even in his like, his first Instagram um, apology, his most recent one, and he was like, you know, I didn't. I thought it was good. There's still some things about that, that kind of side eye about, you know, the phrasing in, in there and, you know, thank God that you realize it now, but the, the fact that he was saying that I thought it was enough for me not to be racist. Right. And um, so, but he's like, if you're in one half and this goes to Melissa too, because she also said some phrasing of her apology note that I kind of side eyed. Um, but if you're in one half of an interact the interracial relationship on a television show, you kind of see like the hate people your your co-star gets in relation to the ship because some of it comes to you within your mentions right. and the fact that you don't say anything, the fact that you are silent about it, you you like woo 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 and and all this stuff to your co-star behind the set like I'm not racist I don't think that way about you blah 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 blah. blah. But you don't want to but say you're not on using your platform, your platform to stop platform others. of seven million people. And yeah. so you create this like vacuum of complacency within your platform that racist people feel very comfortable to say whatever they want because you aren't saying anything about it. And then like it, it grows to the point where even if you wanted to, I feel like I don't I mean, I don't think that Grant would um, have posted Candace anyway because it just. It just wasn't something that's a whole he was trying to do. Whole that's, a whole, that's a whole different thing. <laughs> but the, but even if you know whatever whatever limited times that he would post about her or would show her up on the feed, then it's like it's almost uncomfortable because those racist people are still going to be in the mentions, like type type typing away. And if Candace is tagged, then that's you know she's also being exposed to that. But you've already made your platform comfortable for people to disrespect someone that you supposedly care about. Mm-hmm. And then, like, in Melissa's, like, apology, Melissa did one of the things that I found very annoying that a lot of celebrities were doing. Um, and it's it's slightly mitigated by the fact that she had been um, kind of vocal in her Instagram stories and stuff about, like, calling the Minnesota government, whatever, to right. demand justice. She had been doing things. But in her apology, mm-hmm. she did the whole, like, I have struggled with the words to use and, you know, <laughs> for several days. And I think just aside, not even um, just Melissa, but just in general, when all these celebrities that are doing that, like I struggled with the words. It took me so many, t- like so many days to figure out what to say, blah, 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 blah. You may not know what to say, but I'm pretty sure like a 
fucking amount of people on Twitter and on Instagram had plenty to say, knew the right words to say, and you could have reposted those words. You could have reposted those things. Mm -hmm. And that would have cost you nothing. You didn't have to take days to figure out what to retweet or repost, even if you didn't know what you wanted to say yourself. So that's just an Mm -hmm. excuse. Um, Because you you didn't want to say anything because you thought maybe that it would blow over and you wouldn't have to like be uncomfortable and blow up your brand maybe. Um, So that was just like, just an excuse. But back to and my, like my thing is is that too what bugged me is uh on, in addition to that is like when people use them becoming mothers as a thing, it's just like right. okay, Melissa, so it's like dad like Melissa dad, to say like she's about to oh be she doesn't want to raise her kids in this you know oh okay society. I'm just like okay, I mean, or like fine. obviously no one no one like does but... to understand how women are different. Yeah, yeah, that's what it comes yeah. as. But like the other the other thing that kind of like made me kind of like roll my eyes a little bit was like saying that, you know, I didn't know if my if it was my place to speak up or on this or have any kind of experiences like you know, white people created racism. Like, how is it not your place to stop it? That's true. That's what that's <laughs> you know? true. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, mm-hmm. it's an interesting excuse because that's not why you didn't speak up before or not why you didn't say anything. You didn't say anything because you didn't want to be uncomfortable because you see right. how people treat one half of your um fictional ship and that's uncomfortable and if you are standing with this person to stop that kind of negativity there is a chance that you will get hit with some of those negative bullets because they will come your way as well that's part of the thing and you chose not being uncomfortable over standing up for your co-star and that has just not really helped your co-star like you can woo 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 your co-star in the background like I love you and I'm your friend all all you want to but mm-hmm. the truth is they are still going through all this traumatic experience that you that you opted out of because you didn't want to say anything on your platform and mm-hmm. I think and uh, specifically Grant spoke to that and he actually did say like I was a coward and I didn't realize I was being a coward but I was being a coward because I didn't want to be uncomfortable and I think that you know Melissa going if she really wants to continue this journey i think she does and i I do like again i think that she is um a good person um but like that's one of the things and she said that she's talked to macaw and maybe it's come up with macaw but that's kind of if you're going to be like a white ally that's one of the kind of things you have to acknowledge that you will get into an uncomfortable situation and being white you have the choice to either opt out or continue on to do and then you have to choose to do the right thing to do and just like have deal with that being uncomfortable because mm-hmm. the the longer that you push in that direction and deal with that un- uncomfortability and confront it like head on then all of a sudden like at some point you're going to make the racist uncomfortable to speak up within your platform and that's right. the goal so mm-hmm. you know being Thank you for, you know, like, welcome to the resistance, I guess, but like <laughs> <laughs> pushing it forward and continuing to do better, continuing to be like consistent and vocal, mm-hmm. um, I think is like the key. Yeah, I agree. Any other? Well said. Other thoughts? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have, I'll just like, I hope that, like you said, I hope they continue to be vocal and I hope that they are um, from now on consistent in, in their efforts um, not just when it comes to, you know, movements and and large scale uh, situations, but also in their day to day life on set, um, helping support all, you know, castmates, um, black castmates and any Staff. other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And any <laughs> castmate of color. Right? 
yeah, yeah who's who's experiencing yeah. these kind of situations um so yeah so hopefully hopefully we're gonna we're gonna see that um make a difference not just on their social media but on the sets of the shows when they go back yeah because that's where it starts yeah you know not, yeah also speaking up for your characters with the writers rooms or with the show like right solidarity with your black co-stars would be a great start um Okay, moving into the side eye tier. The side eye tier are the people that have not made this like epiphany um, that the people of the good tier have made. They're they kind of either yeah, it's these are the people I feel like that don't actively see color or you know they're probably good people <laughs> but they are you know the thing that separates them from the good tier is that I don't think they're actively trying to change or to right be use their platform more effectively or speak out more effectively um the side eye tier poster child i put katie lots danny nicolette is is uh not white she's mixed but i still put her here um I can't remember. Did I put Emily Better cards or did I think <laughs> that we decided that Bobby. we would put her? You decided collectively. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah. yeah, I don't really think that she doesn't use social media that much. Um, she doesn't. But I can't but really I more forget. I can't really put her on like what she said about um, just like that one interview from years ago. So it's and <laughs> you're like I know I, that I, I don't resenting her. Well, no, it's not even like. It's like resentment because, yes, we don't forget, but also, like, we want people to change. But I mm-hmm. don't necessarily see her as someone who's, like, actively been like, doing Like, I don't better. see her using her platform necessarily to yeah. uh, help further racial equality, even though she could. Right? She doesn't use social media that often, but it is right. there. And she does have a lot of fans. And she has, in fact, I, I been very good friends even like with her black fans, women. Her fans? Exactly. Yeah. She's yeah, been very that's... good friends with black women <laughs> who have been abused because of their friendship by her, with her, her. by her yes. fans that she has not spoken out against. Mm-hmm. So that's and it. I, I think it pro- probably part of it is because that she doesn't even like her fans. And so that's part of like the uncomfortability for her, maybe. Um, and just why she yeah. just chooses to stay off of social media altogether. And I mean, I can understand why social media is just something else, but yeah. Um, but if we're talking but about I allies, like, then yes, yeah. If we're talking about allies, then she can do a lot, lot better. But um, starting off with Katie Lots, I guess she she's like in side eye tier because she's just she's never made it to good tier ever. No. Um, and I think that it's Katie more is more so of the people that like aggressively do not see color and pretend not to yeah. see. Yeah, issues. and it's frustrating too because <laughs> you know she's been she's been vocal about feminism, but it's more like that. Let's kumbaya out of our way, you know, our way out of this type mentality where it's very much right. white white feminism, not intersectional feminism. Yeah. And, this, because, and this is Katie Lots, right? Yes, this is yeah. Katie so the Lotz. whole authority situation is very side eye worthy. Yes, yeah. exactly, and that's like what's frustrating and it's just disappointing too because she did have this she does have this platform we know she has the password to authority (laughs) we know it on instagram on twitter um because over time we've seen like this was an organization that was co-founded by katie and candace and over time we have seen slowly how candace has sort of like backed away from it in a lot of ways um 
And I feel like it's just frustrating because we know Katie has probably had some types of conversations with Candace. We had them actually like transcript a conversation about racism and supporting black women. Uh, like, I don't know, it was a couple years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's about the time where they started, you know, Candace seemed started distancing herself, especially after that whole uh, voting debacle on the Sheetor. Yeah, I feel like that was, Instagram that was account. Like, yeah. Yeah, because like, you know, it was Danielle with, in the video with her and then people started commenting about how um, she shouldn't be on there and whatnot. And like Katie's overall response was defending Danielle and how like we can all be good together and blah, 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 bullshit. But she's never actively spoken up for Candace, who is her right. friend and is a black woman. And you have mm-hmm. not said anything remotely, you know as a defense towards her against her, those racist fans and whatnot, especially like in the authority tag, it's not like these fans don't exist there either, but it just seems like it's geared towards white feminists and, you yeah. know, pe- yeah. constantly peaceful, like pot, let's stay positive. I'm like, sure. But we also have to talk about these things and it's going to be uncomfortable and bad, but you also have to like step out of your comfort zone. And even now, regarding like current events and stuff i don't feel like she's she's posted a couple of she, things she and she's taken like a black, black lives matter yeah yeah no, yeah but she I, did well she did what's better than like her uh other namesake but and put like black lives matter in her profile <laughs> just so like what are you saying katie and she can just point to her profile and say black lives matter and that was like the extent of her being vocal about it and i, I feel like what was like the most like hurtful to me as like a fan or personally uh like candace and it felt like kind of betrayal was the fact that she lived with Candace for a year. They did start shooting authority together. Um, they seem like they have like a really good friendship. And so, you know, when you start to see that kind of slow, like her, like aggressively pretending to, well, pretending she probably was, but aggressively continuing to be um, good friends with Danielle, having Danielle use their platform that they created together. Right. Um, like there's no way that Candace didn't have honest conversations with Katie about things that she's experienced about Mm -hmm. people that she's had those experiences with on the set so I feel like the whole need to be we are all one race human race kumbaya kind of thing is like Katie's downfall and that she doesn't really get you know why that is a very naive one-dimensional way to look at things and the fact that she's We'll get to the people and shit here later. But, yeah. you know, the <laughs> way she... that she has used, like, her her platform, I feel like the authority platform started as a great, very great idea. And I think that Candace had, like, a lot of depth that she wanted to add to it. But it's a very surface-level thing. And I think what was more important for Katie was to have, like, all her girlfriends in the Arrowverse do this thing, aesthetic for Instagram. And that's right. kind of what the She's Authority kind of page turned into. And you can kind of see, like, where Candace's influence kind of fell off mm-hmm. of And the now platform. it's just about, like, buy the necklaces. I'm like, okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, now it's yeah. like, okay, buy the merch. Mm, but for yeah. what? For what? For what? <laughs> so, yeah, it's unfortunate. And also, like, I remember when we saw, like, Candace was, like, tweeting or, like, posting stuff that was, like, you know, if you are friends with people who, I don't remember what it was. But you remember, like, yeah, yeah, like I remember that tweet. Yeah. People who hurt you're, you're, you're not people, my friend. Yeah, yeah. So like, she's like, am I, is, is that wrong or not? Like, can, can you be friends with me and then also be friends with someone that I have an issue with? Am I wrong to not like that or, you know, whatever. Right. right. 
So I'm like, hmm. Um, but yeah, in general, and, and, and Katie has also um, misspoken yes. or, you know, put her foot in her mouth when it comes to other issues too, not just um, right. racial equality, but even in, as, you know, promoting um, LGBT uh, representation. She, yeah, on using the slur as at, at Lexicon. Yeah. yeah, exactly. When she's, so. you know, and it's, yeah, it's still, it's like one of the, you know, the, oh, I play gay on TV, so therefore. Right. You know, and that's not, it's just a lack of comprehension about social and, and racial issues mm-hmm. and yeah. not really much of a willingness to kind of learn or understand, just exactly. an aggressive intent to pretend not to see it. <laughs> if I pretend <laughs> yeah, so not I, to see it, it does not exist. <laughs> I see her as superficially well-meaning in that, like, she does not mean ill, but she's not going to go very far to have her well wishes turn into reality. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, and in terms of who else is on this list? Katie Cass. Oh, oh yeah. No, Katie Cass is in the sh- in the oh, next year. Oh, we'll get to her in a minute. Oh shit! Yeah, the other person I, think I had on the side Danny I is, was Danny Nicolette. Yeah. Oh, that's right, Danny Nicolette. Who isn't even white, but yeah, she's, she's, well, we she's, side eye her enough yeah. that we've that we're we're yeah. bringing out her white because, side. Yeah, that we have to talk about. She just seems like. You know, and it's noticeable because she's sort of been outcast from the rest of the the DCTV black women. <laughs> so it's almost like, you know, like my friend the other she's day, she's like, if I don't follow you, it's sure. personal. <laughs> yeah. She so um, she's not part of that tribe. And we've seen from the very beginning that f- just from based on obviously what we see on the outside, that she's very also kind of, you know, keep the peace type person, doesn't really mm-hmm. like to rock the boat. She didn't actively support candace either like they seemed really cool in the beginning you know like i think it was like comic-con 2017 2018 yeah, i, I can't remember starts, like the last one she became were... like a regular on the show like she yeah, had yeah. a very yeah. nice relationship with candace yeah. yeah and then you know we saw that sort of dwindle over time to the point where they don't really interact much anymore or like mm-hmm. danny can say things that sound like shady you know, like even to the point where they were doing um, a live video uh, or like live on Instagram and she was saying like, well, you know, Candace had something better to do. Like, I can't imagine what else she had to do that wasn't here. And I feel like over time, the relationship has just gone down the drain because Danny has chosen to ally herself with the Andrew white people cast and uh-huh, Andrew Kreisberg right. always singing his praises and we know what he's done now she doesn't mention him by name now she's just that producer her, or the yeah other producer. that producer but we know who she's talking about just like over the course of her being on like the show and seeing her relationship and her being close with the king you can be close with everybody on the cast mm-hmm. in my opinion because they're all your co-workers it's even if some co-workers don't get along but you keep the peace or whatever that's fine but this, it kind of, like, it evolves into less stuff with Candace. And it's about, like, excluding this one person. Everybody else is such, we're such a great family and have team dynamic. Yeah. And, and Danny was, like, very vocal in, in pushing that and showing that. And But there's this one person that's excluded. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Yes. Exactly. Supportive and cheerleader for everybody else except yeah, this one person. except this one person. And I feel, and I, that's all I'm going to say because I don't know anything else. But, Yeah. <laughs> But she did, she did actually, like, even in her um, live, I think it was live, or a story where she was talking about her yes, realizations I mean, or experiences. Hmm? Yeah. 
say what you want to say. I think she mentioned like being the token black person in any group of yeah. of white friends, and then she almost made it sound like you needed to do that to like bring down their racism level. Yeah, <laughs> and I I th- that's like, another. What does this woman say? I think you're you're kind of missing or, or walking around whatever the actual point is in that video. Um, Danny, uh, speaking to Danny, like, I don't think that it was very kind of like a um, how to talk to talk down racism for dummies, like a basics 101 kind of thing. And it didn't really feel very deep at all. Um, and yeah, I think and she's only she's recently so just started things. posting about stuff that are more serious. And I think this this also goes to what I'll say in the shit tier, but I think also one thing about Grant being more vocal and being more vocal often is that it forces his castmates to do the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when you got Danny and Danielle also like doing their little posts or whatever. And I think Danny has like become more progressively active in posting whereas Danielle has just like disappeared from social media altogether, which we'll talk about later. But I think like... I think she's so used to being the token black friend in the group in whatever group that she has been in that, I don't know, like her, her kind of badge of honor to, to stop racism, but it does, it should not be on the black person in your friend group to tell you that that joke is racist. You know, the joke is racist and you should just not say it because you don't want to be offensive to this person that's supposed to that you care about and supposed to be your friend. Like it shouldn't have to be on um, a black person to tell you what to say about racism, how not to be racist. And similarly, if you're in a group of only, if you're white and you're a group of only white friends, you don't need to pretend to be black. Like if I were a black person, how would I take, you know, it's offensive and you know, it's offensive. And if it's, if you, feel that that's offensive and you should question your friends you should call them out on it you don't have to pretend to be black to do that so i thought that that's what i thought about like that video like you don't have to pretend to be a token black friend to say the right thing and i think that that's where her message just kind of like gets off yeah (laughs) um we did talk about emily but a little bit but yeah i don't yeah we did i mean it's just basically that she she has the opportunity to 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 do much more and she does not do anything really other than just be generally like nice, like I'm sure she's a nice person, and I'm sure she is not racist, but she does not do anything. She is not anti-racist, which is what you need to be. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just yeah. Sorry, I'm thinking about that, that, that interview just because of like it's a, it was a micro <laughs> microaggression because I actually read the words again the other day and I'm like, damn, like you know, Iris wasn't your friend, but some rando chick who's coming in. Flash season two is going to be your friend. You've never met her, like, yeah. So it's a microaggression, and I, I don't even think that she was aware that she was saying it. But it's still and I think, and off. that was like in the during the time in the DCTV era verse where they had like the White Girls Club, which was like Katie Cassidy, yep. Katie Lotz, yeah. Daniel Panabaker, and Emily. So mm-hmm. she was very side eye worthy back in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, time I mean, she, as she's, before she saw the light and her support <laughs> of Candace publicly, like during the crossovers yeah. and stuff, and posting mm-hmm. with her and whatnot. Sliding all the way down to hell, we have the shit here. <laughs> <laughs> um, and again, like this is, you're not going to, if you want to argue because your fave is in here, like you're not going to argue them up to the top tier or even the good tier because this is an established pattern of behavior of microaggressions over a course of 
years that have nothing to do All with the events that are happening are your favorites. now. You're probably not listening, listening to, this to this podcast. Probably, it's probably <laughs> not. You probably haven't made yeah. it this far. You probably, probably <laughs> have not made it this far. Um, so here I put Danielle Panabaker, Katie Cassidy, Harley Sawyer. Harley Sawyer probably could have been up higher, but then he got exposed for exactly. being in the shit tier all along. Yeah, he yeah. himself. So, and then <laughs> Stephen Amell. Mm. Oh, Lord. Who is a good lead, very good lead for his show. If everyone, uh, and a great lead makes... for the shit tier. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, that's not like, a good person. I mean, I guess we can start with Stephen. I just think he's like one of those people who clearly doesn't see color or whatever. He's condescending. He doesn't. He just doesn't get it, and he doesn't care, and he doesn't want to care. Yeah, um, he doesn't want to have the conversation. Yeah, he doesn't want to have the conversation. He puts himself since he puts himself in situations he where blue lives matter, probably. Yeah, yeah, probably. And then, like we, we we've seen over time, though, like the way he has reacted to certain things, like the things that he thinks are a joke. But like, why are you mentioning this person specifically? Like that whole Beyonce debacle back in the day. Um, and obviously like no one know, asked you to come out and speak on Twitter and speak about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Like no one asked you to do um, that. Even. And we know what happened, you know, how he felt about what happened with that Texas um, Muslim boy um, with the whole clock thing. And, you He's know, kind of he like skating over the whole skating idea over it. And to then he took back his apology. Texas. Yes. Yeah. And then he took back his apology later on, which was a shitty, shitty move. But, you know, he tells us who he is all the time and we just have to believe him because he's clearly he's he's, I don't even think he's very self-absorbed and I don't even think he's a, I don't even think he's like a genuinely like he must think he's a genuinely nice person I don't think that he's a genuinely nice person that he he's like you said self-absorbed right. yeah. he's constant like he's, he really... likes attention a lot yeah. and he just drags himself in the at the end of the day you know and he does I don't, nothing I don't to really, even really think it's about him like being racist or not I just think he's self-absorbed and like yeah. you can see in that in that situation with the the Muslim boy that in Texas that people you know he got arrested because someone thought he brought like a bomb to school or something like that mm-hmm. but it was like a clock that he made and the fact that Steven like glazes over those important situations to bring it back to himself, like the whole that clock situation, he was mad because people his wife is from Texas. Texas. People, think, people were saying things about Texas. And yeah. then like, you know, with his podcast, he was supposed to have Grant was supposed to be on his podcast. And Grant was like, you know what, like, considering everything that's going on today, I don't really think this is the appropriate time to get on a co- uh, podcast and, and promote yourself. And Steven was very, like, passive-aggressive because Grant Gustin probably would have gotten him a lot of views on the <laughs> podcast. And now Grant has canceled last minute. And um, he was very, like, passive-aggressive about Grant not being on. And now what do I do? And I think – I didn't even watch the, the no, clip. They but tried I heard, to talk like, about it. Like, they, they tried, tried to make the podcast episode about that. But it was horrible yeah. shit. Like, oh, well, we're not racist in Canada. So we don't know what that's like. Yeah. And, wow. You know, you know, just yeah. I saw the I saw the Grant clip only, and it, he he was very. Mm-hmm. You could tell he was annoyed that Grant canceled. Yeah, and like he didn't think that you know the Black Lives Matter movement was important enough for him to pause exactly. the. He was like, podcast. what's going on in L.A.? As if L.A. Yeah. is where it's going on, <laughs> <laughs> not just okay. Yeah, um, yeah. But, but like, but like Jessica was saying, he reacts to everything in the way that like what it means to him personally mm-hmm. so it's like you said first he's like okay well this the the 
I think his name. I think his name was Ahmed, but whatever. Yes, Clock Boy. Yeah, I think Clock Boy. I'm upset because of my wife. And then it's like, oh, this woman is like forcing me to apologize. Like, you know, literally, she's like sending me this video of herself being really emotional. I have to apologize because otherwise, I'll look bad. Oh wait, I look like mm. an asshole. Yeah, no, I've got to take that back because now it's like I look a different way that I don't want to look. Um, and even with um, like for example, this is not even any, any kind okay. of ism, but the way he would talk down Katie Cassidy as the co-lead as the as his love interest and he'd be like mm, well i'd rather do uh Olisti. it's cool um and then once Olisti started getting backlash suddenly he was like oh well maybe they should just kill off um felicity because felicity, maybe yeah. he's better off with laurel after all hmm hmm mm. so he really reacts to things only in like how he thinks it's going to help him or not right and even yeah. recently with like the um t franklin um right. comics writer on twitter she got a hold of became aware of like the the video of him being passive aggressive to grant and she also threw grant under the bus but she was basically like fuck you steven and he messed with the wrong one or he found the right one because she had time <laughs> for him um and he the way that he tried to well i followed you now so if you want to talk then you can talk my dms and she turned it around and i'm like I'm, you, you don't intimidate me by saying that you follow me so what and i'm not going to talk to you in dms where it's like no it's private conversation no one can see it you got something to say you can say it to me on this public platform on twitter and um he unfollowed because he did not want, did to, not want to have a public conversation no <laughs> so like the those kind of like condescending things and the way that he used and i said in the beginning like he he was a good lead for his show as far as like promoting it and everything like that but again it all comes back to him even with his mm-hmm. cast he you know if he eats everybody else eats but everybody else eats their their leftovers still come back to him. So like mm-hmm. the the Comic Con company that he set up to get all of his castmates to go out to to pimp them out to cons. So they went on all these like con things, and because since it's Stephen com- Stephen's company, they get a higher percentage of their um, fee for showing up. And of course, he gets a lot um, on the back end as well. They they cut out the middleman of like the the company, um, whatever companies that usually set up those kind of things. And so is it really that he's doing all this great stuff for his teammates, like the whole knocking point or whatever the, the wine company is, you know, you've got like arrow cast members hawking wine and they're making money, but they're making money because Steven is making like, it's like a pyramid scam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's top. very true. Yeah. Every, all money always comes back to him. So that's kind of like, it's just, you know, the self, absorbs kind of person and that causes him to um that shows him how he like glazes over important situations like the clock boy like um black Sorry, lives his name Matter. is ahmed muhammad just so ahmed muhammad respect this oh, poor yeah, child. Yeah. yes <laughs> <laughs> his name is not clock boy it is ahmed muhammad. yes so thank you for for clarifying that <laughs> but yeah um I can't remember. I think it was Beyonce's like Coachella. It was a huge defining mm-hmm. moment for Coachella because she was the first black person headlining oh, that. Oh God. Hmm? I'm just remembering that now. Oh God. Yes. yes. <laughs> so that was a that was a big moment for black people for Beyonce for them, and then he just has to insert himself and mm-hmm. bring it back to 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 like downplay it or bring it back to oh she's not that special that kind of thing. So. That is, and then he never is, he never even takes it well, like ever. No, exactly. <laughs> I don't even know why you bother, Stephen. 
Yeah. Um, but there are other people in the shit tier with him, so let's talk about some of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Where do you want to start? Well, I guess we can go with Hartley if we're going backwards in the list. Okay. Um, so obviously we know about his very disgusting tweets that he posted recently. And and I don't even know because I think you said that before he could have been in this, at least in the side eye tier, which, mm-hmm. yes. But I feel like he's also just... What landed? What would have landed him in the side eye tier is the fact that like he constantly seems to equate animal lives with no. That would have been lives. shit tier probably from the yeah. yeah yeah and <laughs> like and it's it's he doesn't he's never done it like once he's done it several times right. like you know it, it reminds me of that um an episode of Community where this you know white woman she's, oh, yeah she's a well meaning person or whatever <laughs> but like this white woman Britta Britta but I draw yes, the line Britta. in a book Britta is the epitome of like wh- white women sometimes because it's like yeah. she she wants to be an activist and she wants to fight for what's right but she often just gets caught up in so many things that are about her or things that actually don't really matter or she's doing them wrong. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, I can forgive racism, but animal, animal cruelty, that's like, you know, stepping over the line. And, really and that's like, basically Harley in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And this is even like, even before the situation where he was like kind of silent for days until probably Grant was like, shouldn't y'all be saying something? But even before <laughs> then, like a year, it was a year or so ago. And it was Sean King of all people was talking about like, um, um, children of legal immigrants being put into like ice and and probably being treated at these facilities worse than than animals, worse than dogs would be. Um, and so he was like raising awareness about that. And then Hartley had to well actually the whole tweet and talk about how dogs aren't treated that great either. And it's like no one asked you to step into right. the conversation and compare um, children to dogs and say that dogs have it worse. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and that was terrible too because it's like these children are in cages, they're being taken away from their parents, your government is doing nothing, they're actually making it worse and making them be put in cages and you're sitting here comparing it to like the cruelty of animals and I'm not saying that, you know, obviously animal cruelty is good or anything, but you can't right. compare the two at all. That, like, yeah, they're not even comparing. No... It's not the time to bring up your dogs. It's yeah. And then again, like to that fan, it's like, it was condescending. It's like, well, I, I can make time to care about this too. I'm like, sure. Thanks, Hartley. Thank you for your, for your generous donation <laughs> yeah, of your time to care about that, Black Lives Matter. Then he wouldn't have been exposed right now. Yeah, he might, if he had he not might, said that, he yeah. would have, like, we would have never known exactly. the disgusting We might have put him in the side eye tier just for his quote-unquote apology for not having spoken up yet, you know? Because mm-hmm. he had just posted And the... I, would, I would think, like, I would also put him in the side eye tier from the dynamics of the flash cast and how you, like, responded to, like, fandom, his responsibility to fandom, because... Right. Danny, like, in the fact that his initial relationship with Candace seemed to be uh, very public and on display and like his support for her and so he'll like even when he would do live tweets and stuff like that he wouldn't like gloss over iris scenes and if something was good then he would say something about it but he was a part of that click on the set that seemed to exclude candace and one person so i would i would definitely like side eye him just for that but i do still think like his animal advocacy yeah Put them into the shit tier. Mm-hmm. In addition to being kind of gross. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now he's now sure. he's permanently there. Yeah, but now before he's, yeah, he but... could have, there could have been an <laughs> argument. Um, yeah, 
Alas, alas. Then we back up to you. Go ahead. No, go ahead. What were you going to say? You're going to expand on Hartley? Or are you going to move on? No, I was going to move on. Yeah, I think we said going to expand on Hartley's first. Yeah, yeah. I was going to be backing, <laughs> backing up the shit ladder um, to Katie Cassidy. Mm-hmm. Um, Katie is one of those people, especially now that she should have just, like, just, just nothing would have been better. Like, she tried to downplay it. Like, she did what our shit tier leader at the top that we haven't talked about yet. But she tried to uh, made a couple of different posts of like her exercising on the Peloton and like love is love. And then like people were dragging her and then she got out her Crayola paint can and painted a mural of Black Lives Matter on her wall. Like just you could have done what Katie Lotz did and just stuck a Black Lives Matter sticker on your profile and called it a day. <laughs> really? That, like I wouldn't really care about you writing Black Lives Matter on your wall. Like <laughs> Like, what is that going to do? do? It'll right remind you every morning she wakes up. Oh, okay, that's right. Black Lives Matter. I gotta remember that. <laughs> yeah. And I know, I, I I, mean, I haven't followed her, like, from the beginning. And I don't, I mean, I still don't follow her now. But um, I recall an interview, um, maybe it was like a year and a half or so ago, where she was talking about, you know, I don't know why she authority was a talking point for her and Danielle, to be honest. And um, she mentioned, I think because she they mentioned the organization. With it. They were originally yeah. supposed to be, it was, that was right. That was in like white girl click mm-hmm. season two ish. When Katie went up to, uh, she was like close with those girls. I think that she probably tried to start it then and they didn't want to put in any work. And so it fell apart. And then she talked to Candace about it and Candace wanted to put in the work and then they got off the ground. So once she and Candace put in the work about it, then suddenly we're all, like we all started shit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And she (laughs) actively like erased Candace when they said like, Oh, how did it get started? And she didn't even mention her name at all. And it made it sound like her and Katie. And I don't know if it was just her and Katie or she mentioned somebody else, but it just sounded like, you know, white women created it. And that was, you know, obvious erasure. Um, we and can then even go back further. Yeah. To season back to season two, back to, you know, the white girls club in season two, when it was like the season two premiere of the flash, I believe. Um, and oh, yes. Katie sent out a tweet. She was like, yes, let's go Grant and Danielle back to the flash. And then someone on her tweet said, and Carlos and Candace and Carlos, actually, I don't know if he liked it or he retweeted it. Yeah, he liked it. Yeah. And then she, she immediately, like, Kaylee, Katie Cassie afterwards, like, quickly followed Carlos. Um, <laughs> but, like, <laughs> to show that, like, you know. The Stephen approach. Look, Stephen approach. So, yeah, stuff like that. The fact that she has um, worn brown face before for Halloween and doubled down on it when people called her out and saying how it was wrong. And then she didn't really care. Um, so, like, you know, again, it's like a pattern of. It's not that she didn't doesn't care now. She's never cared, and she's never showed that she ever cared. Mm-hmm. And I really think that that white girls club, that white girls club from season two, just like got on my nerves, especially because it was like the height yeah. of exclusion for Candace. Right. And on it was screen just, like, and awful. off screen, on screen and off screen. Tati, yeah. do you have any other mm-hmm. thoughts? No, just that I think Katie, Katie Cassidy, just for me, just she just seems so fake. It's like the opposite of Bitsy. Like people find Bitsy annoying. 
because she's so genuine that you're like, she must be fake. But like, (laughs) 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 the opposite of that, everything she does feels like it is not coming from a genuine place, especially the like the BLM situation. Like when she first, like the reason she even did that was because she had posted something. I don't remember what it was. Oh, make love not war, right? Yeah, first find the tribe, and then she was, like, doing an exercise thing. And she was, like, make love, not war, which clearly felt like it was in, like, a reaction to protests, right? Don't do that. Hug police officers instead. And so then people were, like, mad about that, which is why she then was, like, well, I've I've been reborn. I will paint this on my wall. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So it was just, like, what kind of, like, that's definitely, like, a large scale. I will follow Carlos now as a response. Um, Because how, how do you get from A to B? Like, oh, okay. Don't make some more by painting this on my wall. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't, I like Laurel a lot, but that will not blind me to the fact that I do not think that Katie Cassidy is an ally to anyone but herself. But herself. Also, I'm mean, speaking yeah. of like just the fact that she and Danielle were really close. Um, I think they lived together at one point, maybe. And it's like Danielle must know how Katie was like basically pushed out of her own show, right? And yet, mm-hmm feel like employed this attempted to employ the same tactics used against katie for herself and i'm like i bet katie told her like hey this is what they did this is what you should do to candy <laughs> <laughs> like that's how i feel about katie all right <laughs> moving into the uh final person on the shit tier danielle panabaker oh man where to start this be the whole yeah let's yeah. start at the we really actually made this podcast <laughs> so that we can talk shit about danielle panabaker <laughs> 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 I wasn't around in the Flash Phantom in season one, but just going back and seeing the shit that she used to say and still said up to like a certain point about, you know, the snowberries and having good chemistry with Grant and then like that being cover the of only her being girl. the leading lady, being the only yeah. girl. And if she wanted a friendship with, um, you know, she was there was the only girl thing. And then later on, it's like, oh, well, I want to be friends with Patty. I'm just like, Iris is right friends there. With Felicity. She wanted and to be friends with Felicity. Felicity. All the white girls, except the one black girl that's on her show and the only other woman on her show, period. And, you know, she would say all these things. And then there was the whole cover of her being the leading lady of the Flash, which obviously got approved probably by her people. Um, so all of this stuff was just like blatant erasure. And she never, like when she, she always lives tweets, Live, God, I can't talk. Live she always live tweets the show, and she never, never discusses like Candace's performance, Iris in general. Um, she's always talking about everything else. But the show could be like forty avoids. minutes of Iris, and Danielle yeah. will and find one avoid thing not to say. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, and just like baiting the the crack ship, and you know, in interviews. Uh, consistently erasing Candace as a person and wanting like a love triangle versus like Candace is like, no women shouldn't fight with each other for a man on the show. Um, So it just felt like these two women were coming from different, completely different angles where, you know, Candace obviously wanted Iris to have women friends and not have them Which fighting over a man. Caitlin at one point. Yeah. In season one. Right. Yeah. Right. And you know, and it just built up to this point where it just seemed like honest delusion and it wasn't even from a place where she thought that, I mean, I don't know what, what she thought. She probably did think that she could get like, I would tell you what she thought. Exactly. 
<laughs> yeah, so she she thought that she could do that, so she actively worked and brought up karaoke. Literally, she still brings karaoke up to this day, that damn fucking scene from season one, and she still brings it up, and knowing, actively knowing that her fandom is going to talk about how Barry and Caitlyn should be together, or, you know, she, we know that she's been tagged and stuff with Candace in it, knowing that she's been, like, whitewashed or called racial slurs and all of these things, and she's still... Not even like, I don't want to talk about race, but like actively erased her from the narrative, from her right. ship, from everything. And that I think is like the worst thing anybody could do, you know, in the public and behind the scenes. And it still continues to this day because we we know for a fact that she posts, she tends to post like every day. And now with this whole thing, she people has, pretty much bullied her into say. like, yeah, she doesn't have shit to say. She was pushed to, to show quiet. her support for George Floyd. She posted that one picture and then made a couple of uh, posts. One of the stories was like a chain like chain mail basically about yeah, black lives matter yeah. and it felt so disingenuous you know she's faking it and we know right. she's super about it we know she doesn't care mm-hmm. she never cared and you know this just makes it worse because now she's been silent for seven days straight not posting anything yeah. and it just shows what kind of yeah, ever, ever since people started coming out with their co-worker stories like their mm-hmm. white racist she's story, story. Yeah. she's been silent. Like, she's like, let me not. Like, one like fake Black Lives Matter. Like Danielle's one fake life Black Matters away. Did I even say that right? Danielle is one fake Black Lives Matter post away from Candace, like just laying in on her, and that's why she has not. <laughs> Ever since, um, was her name Samira Ware? Yeah, Samira Ware from <laughs> Lee. Ever since that whole like Leah Michelle thing blew up, and Candace like retweeted, you know Amber. Amber Riley, like sipping tea. Danielle has not done shit. She has not made one story. She has not made one post. She's not <laughs> one more Hello Fresh ad. She knows. I felt it in my spirit, and she felt it in her spirit. <laughs> she knows what's coming. <laughs> but no, like going back to like, you know, just like from, d- from doing the bare minimum. Okay. Um, and this is just going to show how far out of uh, Danielle's way she, like, how far out of her own way she, Danielle went to do the bare minimum. At the Comic-Con, um, I always go back to this, but the Supergirl's first Comic-Con experience, when frickin' Damien Colbert was, yes, was like, oh, hey, um, Jeremy Jordan, what's it like to be Supergirl's love interest? And even though Jeremy Jordan, after he, after he skipped McCod, skipped McCod to ask Jeremy Jordan this, Jeremy Jordan had every reason to be like, oh, it feels like this to like Supergirl, because his character did actively like Supergirl. That was actually a storyline in season one. And instead, Jeremy Jordan was like, mm, I think that question is for Makad, who is actually Supergirl's love interest. Please answer this question, Makad. <laughs> Meanwhile, you've got Danielle over here like, oh, I just love Barry and Caitlin's chemistry. It's just so genuine and so natural. And it's like a I just full love... stop. It's not yeah. even like, but... Caitlin's right. still trying to get over Ronnie, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, oh, yeah, that's so sweet of you to say and that she, you like Barry and Caitlin. She promoted the one kiss of the, like, sexual assault, basically, and she continued to promote that, too. Sorry. Carry on. Carry on, Tati. <laughs> You're absolutely right, though. Like, she would hold on to any aspect of Barry and Caitlin that she could, even at the expense of her own other storylines, until it was obvious. she has one now. Exactly. Until it was obvious that she wasn't going to get that, and now she has nothing else to promote. Like, the best she can do is stave off other useless love interests so that she can be single STEM lady who also turns into ice sometimes. Um, so, yeah, I think that it was from the beginning, it was 
I don't know. I don't know if I would say it was calculated, although I think it was calculated. I think it was calculated. I'm gonna yeah. say, I'm gonna say it for you. It was calculated. <laughs> Thank yeah. You. <laughs> like because it, it was too long like six seven it, years yeah it was very it was systemic in how calculated it was and like yeah. um i think like what candace she on her instant in her insta stories like one of the things she says if you think racist and racist adjacent people are showing up to their workplaces and schools calling black people the n-word you're crazy this is 2020 racism is not a robe and a hood anymore it's quiet a whisper often it's hidden behind thousands of microaggressions that are hard for us to pinpoint um and that i think that's basically kind of and, you know, I'm not putting words in Candace's mouth of what she's referring to when she's talking about it. But that's how I feel like, you know, how to be racist without saying the N-word. And the the way that from the beginning, Danielle, the steps that she made. After, I, like, I didn't, I didn't know Sky High. I didn't know her from Sky High. I was not a Sky High fan. Didn't, I didn't even think I watched the movie or if I did it, I didn't finish it. Um, I knew of her from like Disney Channel movies, like Second Suburbs. But it, like she didn't mean anything. Like, her name means nothing to me. So like coming into the show... Um, maybe if you were her fan before, like a lot of childhood nostalgia, you'd miss some things, but I didn't really miss those things because I didn't have any kind of attachment to her. But like some of the things that stuck out to me were, for example, when they did that Facebook Q&A chat and someone asked her, you know, what's your favorite thing about you being on Team Flash or being on the show? She's like being the only girl in Star Labs. And I thought that's kind of weird for you to say that. When you have another woman on the cast who is her characters being excluded like the whole season, and it's like building on that from like what you what you guys said about how she would answer interviews. It's the media was on her side, helping her establish this narrative that Barry and Caitlin will be a thing, not even like a could they like they they were gonna will it into existence. And the way that she would choose to answer that, like the way that Candace was um, her character was with Eddie. And so when they got asked, she got asked questions about um, her relationship, uh, you know, West Allen in the comics are a thing we wish for in, in, in the show or whatever. And Candace would answer, you know, where her character is right now, her character is with Eddie. And then it'd be great if, you know, Barry and Iris happen in the future. We'll see. Um, but she would always bring it back to what her character is going through now. Compare it to when Danielle was asked questions by the media about Barry and Caitlin. I think even in this in episode four or whatever, when they were learning about Ronnie's Ronnie and Caitlin's like backstory and how he died in the particle cellar explosion, she said nothing about that and would still be like, Yeah, I think that Barry and Caitlin have really good chemistry and they can bond together. And it was like a full stop. Like it didn't come back to Ronnie or snowstorm. Um right. Or anything like that. Ever. I think at best and, she'd say it might be difficult because they're coworkers, as if that's the difficulty. Yeah, and that's the difficulty. <laughs> yeah. It's not that she is in mourning and Barry is in love with a whole other person. Um, so it's <laughs> and it's like not even that. Like on social media, um, I felt the I could feel it from my home in Tennessee when you know through my screen that Candace was being excluded from the cast. Like all of, because her character was excluded on the storylines in the, the background pictures, a lot of them were in, you know, star labs and it's like Danielle and her boys. And it's everyone except Candace, like from the majority of season one, unless like Candace was with like Rick Cosnett and that was like her, Rick and Jesse L. Martin were her two saving graces in season one. And it's, you know, the fact that, she never acknowledged Iris or Candace really outside of, you know, maybe that Caitlin was jealous of Iris because all these boys like her. Um, the fact, the way that she would answer 
uh, interview questions that didn't relate to her story. She was trying to will her story into into existence. The fact that you have the social media, the fact that you know she would go to the visit the writers' room and give them like gifts of and you're, from the outside perspective. Oh, that's how is that racist? It's just a nice thing to do. But like the fact that you know she had friends in the media, she would go and give food to the writer's room and the fact that she was friends with AJK, um, the fact that, you know, all these like little winks and nods and trying to, if you're, if you're going to like give gifts to the writer's room, then maybe this writer will be like, Oh, I really like Danielle. She's really nice. And you know what? Maybe I'm going to write more for her or write more for her screen time. And, you know, all this kind of stuff. The fact that she did that interview with that magazine and ran the title calling her the leading lady, um, the constant, trying to put Danielle and Candace on the same level as leads and calling them co-leads, co-leading ladies. But you won't do that with Grant because it's Grant's show and he is right. the lead. There is no co-leading man. Carlos is not a co-leading man. It's not an ensemble cast like that. Oh, God. So yeah. all, of, all of that is just like, <laughs> mm-hmm. and like you said about, you know, whenever she live tweets, she doesn't, she actively avoids not mentioning Iris or Candace um just like multiple multiple instances of her wink winking you know people in her fandom knowing that her and then and then trying to turn it around victimizing herself um when people would tell it like why are you promoting the ship why not promote snowstorm why not do other things like this and then she with the help of the media um turns it into like a bully situation as if candace has not had worse way worse said to her consistently and still on like a daily basis and and her turning it into like a let's not be bullies instead of like let's not be racist and so it's like this whole like systemic isolation of Candace trying to force Candace out of her own show and the thing is she also go ahead I was gonna say the the way that she does it is so insidious that it's not possible really to like like people have all this whole list of receipts right of things mm-hmm. Danielle's done. But you could present that to an outsider and they're not going to see it they're as racism it, yeah. or as bullying or as anything. They're just going to be like, okay, so this is just a, a classic case of a love triangle or whatever, you know? Because yeah. they'll even, they're just going to view it that way. It's, not, it's, it's like the iceberg and from the outside, you only see that as like top. And, but right. this is like, and we're mm-hmm. not, you know, again, like this is a consistent pattern of behavior building up. We're not just hating Danielle Panabaker because we don't like Snowberry and we like West right. Allen, whatever, whatever. This is, like comprehensive yeah and it's it's especially frustrating because it's the kind of thing that you can only really see if you have your eyes open to what microaggressions are to what the whole system and candace and like and and how it affected candace and how candace because i feel like in the beginning they they were cordial Mm -hmm. and as like the season one game you could see it yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and i think what's frustrating too is like the fact that she also actively erased her from authority like yeah. two three times in interviews she would avoid saying that candace was the co-founder as well um and she would act like she was very much a part of it which she's not <laughs> but yeah, oh yeah and the the re- the the excuse that people were like you know 
it's this as if it's like this ship war, but Snowberry yeah. didn't actually exist within canon. So like, there's no war that is happening. It's not even an active like they never got together. They never really actively showed interest in getting together. So it doesn't actively exist in canon. So there's no ship war. It's just delusion at this point. Exactly. You know. And oh yes, <laughs> so season two, like when Patty came on, and how all of a sudden. Danielle could see other ships besides Snowberry, and it just happened to be um, Barry and Patty, and that was mm-hmm. like a thing. That was her thing, and her Grant and uh, Chantel, um, and their social media antics because you know she wouldn't promote or acknowledge West Allen within the narrative story, even though that was a narrative story. But she could do it for Barry and Patty. The fact that also like going back to her, this whole like systemic calculated thing is you know i think personally you know the fact that when keenan came on and um candace was the first to welcome him and then grant and then danielle but the flash twitter only retweeting grant danielle like i think i feel like her friendships were performative and to a certain extent um also danny nicolette now that she's on and, and because how could how can danielle be racist because you know she's friends with keenan and she's friends with danny so um, maybe Candace is just a bad person. You don't want to see it. And so right. I feel like that kind of like goes into the, you know, Danielle is the pleasant one to work with. Um, everybody likes her. She has like friends kind of thing that just kind of keeps like building uh, and makes it harder for Candace on set to kind of speak out and be, you know, more vocal about that's not actually why you're doing the things that you're doing. So Accurate. Are we ending on that note? <laughs> yeah, on that. Any <laughs> other receipts that you want to bring to the table? I don't know. I feel like that's you had more to say, and I feel like I kept. No, no. Sorry, <laughs> I cut you off as well. We mutually cut each other off. But no, I mean that was pretty much what I was going to say. Just that it's like Candace is like the lead in like a horror film, like a supernatural horror film, where like no one else really believes the genre that they're in, and only she knows. So mm-hmm. I can only understand how frustrating it must be on set to try to be like, no, listen, you don't understand. And yeah. you're like, we do not. You are right. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, um, hopefully, hopefully, um, at the very least, I'm sure Danielle is no longer in a position to behave the way that she used to. Yeah. Um, I think we've been seeing that. I think a lot of it is like, like privilege because mm-hmm. I think she thought that her resume and uh, this is not just against Candace, but also like Carlos and the other people, younger right. people on the cast, because she thought that she had the, the bigger resume than any of them. And then maybe she thought that she tips. should. Yeah, she was going to give them some acting tips. I think she thought that she, her resume um, demanded that she make as much or if not more money than Candace, which probably also kind of built into the whole we're co leading ladies instead of it being Candace. Um, right. And her being in the supporting cast, I think that um, I forgot what I was going to say, but yeah, just things. Oh, I, just things like that, and you know, all this kind of the fact that AJK was clearly they were clearly friends, and mm-hmm. um, I think his wife was her agent or something, right? Yes, yeah. So all of that, but then you see going back to kind of like Grant now and you see how like a lot of the things that he left unchecked as lead of a show allowed it to get to this point. But right. when you see Grant now and the fact that he has been very vocal and very consistent, very active 
in the Black Lives Matter movement and his commitment to being a better ally, um, it forces other people in his cast to step up. So Candace was the only one, she was the only one saying stuff about the Mott Aubrey murder. And I I don't know if he retweeted it or just liked the the post of the video. Oh yeah, um, he made an Instagram story. He, I was like, yeah. some DCTV yeah. actresses. Yeah, but none of <laughs> none of her other none of her other cast like acknowledged her. They didn't acknowledge her and see her panel either. Yeah, um, right, which yeah. was you know previous prior, but um, he acknowledged her. And then he started posting more, and then days were going by. You didn't had you didn't hear anything from anybody else from the cast. And then now that Grant is being more vocal and, and saying stuff about it, Danielle can't not be vocal or else it looks bad for her. So she's right. forced into being vocal. And I, honestly, like when I don't know why people were busy, like trying to drag her in her comments when she was going on nature walks instead of posting about George Floyd. I'm like, why are you gasping? We already knew this. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> We already knew that she wasn't going to do anything. So the fact that then when she's called out for it and she tries to do it once and then gets dragged by Christopher Wood and then she tries again, her second attempt at being woke, it it feels performative because it is performative. So, you know, you could have (laughs) just, she really could have just done nothing and I would have been like, yep, that's what I expected. (laughs) Yeah. And the same thing with Hartley. Like Hartley spent days being silent until he tried to Mm. speak up and then and then he put his foot in it again, but just like, you know. Yeah, I feel like this right. is just definitely shown, like, just as the tears that we have is, you know, who's genuine about at least making the attempt or seeing that they have not been good enough in their support um, and making, trying to make amends versus like the people who still are just like, yeah, I'm not touching that. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'll just I'll just put a bandaid over it and hope that you know we can get back to normal things so mm-hmm. I can correct my Instagram aesthetic. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if you have any issues with this list, I suggest that you um, really kind of like evaluate it, friend. Like try and relook at things with fresh eyes, and if you still have issues with your white faves and you maybe something that didn't sit well with you then take it up with them um to do better or just find mm-hmm. white faves <laughs> <laughs> um that is you know we kind of had to get this off of our chest because again it's been building um very like a powder keg over the last couple of weeks and just like the state of um the current country situation and the fact that more and more black creatives in the industry are feeling finding tribes within each other finding safe spaces within each other to speak out um and not having had that for however many seasons they've been on the show um warner brothers warner media um sent out there we plan to do better action plan um that i think that if they want fans to hold them accountable for it, then, you know, they should prepare for that because fans mm-hmm. are going to hold them accountable for it. Um, they say that they are trying to do better. Riverdale writers said that they would try to do better for Vanessa. Whether that actually happens, we shall see. <laughs> like, the, you know, we're still in the middle of a virus pandemic, so, you know, surprisingly. Yeah. There, there is still a but virus think, out there. I think the more that the... um 
the more that this is public though, because sometimes like during this phase where it's very, everyone's very loud about it and everything's going on at once, but like right. over the next few months, things can, and, we, and this has happened before behind the scenes, slip through the cracks or right. quietly fired you or lessened your role or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, the case may be for people who have spoken out. So it's just like those things. Again, like the fact, cause there are a lot of, a lot of companies it took a couple of days to process and think about what they wanted to say. And then they've come out with these very like bland, um, we support black lives matter statements and right. people are like this, you, <laughs> you are the, the institution the that, you, that yeah. you said you're trying to fight against. Um, but I think, you know, if we are going to, obviously we'll wait and see what happens when the world like returns to its regularly programmed schedule. But I, I feel like, Part of the, if you're going to go, like Warner Media had like a several tweet mm-hmm. rant, not at rant, but like tweet thread. Right. About say. conversation yeah. they were about having. About conversation yeah. they were going to have and everything like that. So you are putting it out there. Um, and they also, did say I that. They, they were like, we're putting that. it out there to hold us accountable. Yeah. Exactly. To hold us accountable. So yeah. Want, so there's an accountability. Hold them accountable. Yeah. Accountability there that they, that they said that they were going to do better. So hopefully that continues. Um so we'll see, because if not, like people argue about, like um, call like West Allen bullies, but obviously we bullies get things had done. to be bullies for a reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And we never lose. So. <laughs> <laughs> we keep on winning. West Allen. Um, and that's the thing too. Yeah. Like, that's the thing with it's not about it's not like a competition. Like oh, I want my fave to be in the top tier or whatever. I want my fave to speak out because then that makes me feel good, <sighs> right? Yeah, makes me feel like I'm not standing a racist. Um, first off, you should, hopefully, you should already expect your favorite not to be racist, right? So if you were standing any people that (laughs) are in the bottom, then you can stop that now. But but (laughs) the point is for people with large platforms for celebrities to speak out, not to make others feel better, to make themselves feel better, but to actually make people aware, people who already weren't doing something, right? People who are just kind of on the sidelines, be like, oh, wait, my fave is saying this thing about black lives maybe they do matter maybe i will check that out maybe i will donate like that's why you want them to speak up because they can actually help make a change and not just it's like people can say like oh social media is performative oh maybe they weren't posting but maybe they were out protesting okay maybe we don't know that but yeah we don't yeah we don't know that and i feel like that goes more effective the fact that social media can be performative at times is when you go back to what are their actions and what like katie mcgrath doesn't have social media but Mm -hmm. Her actions are consistent, and you can right. see them from what her co-stars and other people say about her. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's it's not just about who posted on social media and who only did this, but the pattern of behavior of is this person an ally or not. So exactly. that's all we have to say. We also have to say that Black Lives Matter and yes. that, um, you know, just continue to be active and, and speak up and push for change um, because it does make a difference. Uh, all At first it was just the one cop that had his knee on George Floyd's neck that was arrested, but now all three of them are arrested and all three of them are standing trial for murder charges. Um, upgraded from third degree murder to second degree murder. You mm-hmm. have Ahmaud Arbery's killers have been arrested and they are now um, they're criminal charges will not be dismissed and so they will be going to trial 
um, we still have Breonna Taylor's killers that have not been arrested. And um, just, you know, the more we see brought to light, thanks to cameras and people protesting, um, the more people can't really pretend not to see it. So um, just know that your participation does make a difference. And on that final note, we will end it. Um, come back next week where we will be fun again <laughs> and talk about shows <laughs> and chip. <laughs> um, again, if you want to catch up on any of our um, other episodes, you can find them on the, our Podomatic app, ladies, Podomatic site, ladies, that be gumption at Podomatic.com. Um, you can send us your feedback on your favorite shows um, via Tumblr, ladies that be gumption, or via email, ladies that be gumption at gmail.com. Um, you can live tweet with us on Twitter at DCTV Gumption. Um, or you can also listen to our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. Or you can also um, sign up to be a Patreon where you get all of that content 24 hours in advance, plus exclusive content just for Patreons where we branch out from DCTV and discuss like other shows and things like that. So thank you and goodbye.